it was not just the light bulb moment. It was that the light bulb exploded yes. over my head. Yes. I said, what? I can do this. Have you been revisiting your old dreams lately or maybe getting some new ones? Changes in our world are making more things possible, so we decided to revisit our chat with best-selling author Bianca Sloan, who only a few years back was working a nine-to-five and had all but given up on her dream of becoming a novelist. Spoiler alert, her dreams came true, and we think you'll be inspired by her story. I'm Sandy, along with Lene, and we welcome you to Imagine Yourself where we help you imagine the next chapter of life with grace, gratitude, courage, and faith. We have here today the thriller author of successful whirlwind novels, an author who, she actually keeps me up late, kind of messing me up because I'm reading and I'm (laughs) quivering and I'm shaking. I'm trying to figure out how are these folks going to get out of what they have gotten themselves into in these psychological thrillers. We would like to welcome Bianca Sloan. Oh my gosh, how am I going to possibly live up to this wonderful introduction? <laughs> you, oh, you already have, because like I said, you kind of messed me up because you have me up at 3 a.m. and I'm shaking and I'm by myself and I can't go to the bathroom. <laughs> wow. Okay, oh my God, done then, so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's wonderful to hear people say that they couldn't put down the book, this thing that you created, these characters that you had. I take that as the ultimate compliment. And I can't wait to read one. But Bianca wasn't always like that. It's a story of, and we'll get more details on it, but basically at one point you were just doing your regular job and just kind of dreaming of being Mm -hmm. a writer, right? Absolutely. I, like so many, did everything you're supposed to do, right? Went to college. I got a job in corporate America and kind of dutifully was doing that, but it really, in my heart of hearts, wasn't what I wanted to be doing. I had always, as a kid, was always kind of head in the clouds, I guess you could say. (laughs) You know, I was dreaming up story ideas, and I would write fan fiction. This was back in the 80s. Before, you know, we knew what fan fiction was, you know, I was reading books and writing, watching TV shows or movies, and saying, you know, I could do that better. I could do that. So I had my little notebook where I'd write down my ideas and rewrite scenes and That was just really where my heart was, my passion, my fire. But like I said, you know, you go to college, you get the job, you do the things that you're supposed to do, but it really wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And so every night after work, I'd come home and I would be writing, doing that every night and every weekend. So you're spending all this time writing. And Mm -hmm. what do you do as far as try to get published? That's the rub, (laughs) as they say. So... (laughs) I spent, because this is just kind of who I am, I'm someone that if I want to figure out how to do something, I read every book and every article that I can find on it. And really at that time, what the kind of conventional wisdom was that you get a literary agent and you do the query go round, I call it, because you send out endless query or pitch letters to literary agents, hoping that they'll want to represent you. And then once you land an agent... They will then turn around and try to get you published by a traditional publisher. Okay. It's a long process because you have to learn how to promote yourself and also promote your story. And that can be difficult for a lot of people. I mean, I think for me, I had a little bit of a leg up because I was in marketing. I was in advertising, public relations. So that part of it wasn't quite so difficult for me. 
But it's grueling because you just have to keep doing it every day. Another batch, another batch, another batch. And, and deal with possible rejections mm. or... Uh, well, not possible. Oh, uh, no. Reality. <laughs> um, <laughs> real and actual rejection. I went through that process with two of the manuscripts that I had written, you know, psychological thrillers. I would get some that would say, oh, sure, send me the first 50 pages or, oh, send me this. But you get a lot more of, no, this just isn't for me. Or you don't even get that. A lot of times you will just get a blanket thanks but no thanks. You never get any feedback as to what you might actually need to work on. Thank you, drive through. Um, yeah. Or that's if right, they respond exactly. at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it can be very demoralizing. I got discouraged and I put those dreams away, as I like to say. And How do you put dreams like that away, though? Oh, my gosh. It's hard because, especially when you're seeing people who have kind of been in your position going on and, oh, I'm getting published, or, oh, I'm this, and you're like, well, shoot, I know I'm a pretty good writer. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Why is it not happening for me? But you really do get discouraged, and you really do start to question, well, maybe... I'm not as good as I thought I was, or all of these emotions that you go through. So yeah. seven years. I have Seven those years. Books, okay. Seven years. I have those books, um, as I like to say, collecting dust on my computer. Mm-hmm. And I had continued working in corporate America, and then I had gone out on my own. And the revelation, if you will, the epiphany came. This was 2011 or 12, I was doing some work for a client. I was writing a press release, and it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was waiting for the client to come back with final approval on this <laughs> press release. At 2 o'clock and in the I, morning, you're waiting for a client? Interesting things happen at 2 a.m. Yeah. I know, that crazy? I was sitting here, and I'm like, this is not how I saw my life unfolding Mm-mm. at all. I did not grow up saying, oh, if I could only sit up until 2 o'clock in the morning waiting (laughs) for (laughs) approval on a press release. And I said, I've got to do something. That's that whole idea of if something's not working, you have to ask yourself, what can I do that's different? What can I do to make a change? Right. And so I said, okay, let's look at these stories that I've written. So I first step that I took was, I'm going to go take some writing classes and see maybe where some of my deficiencies might be, see where I can become a stronger writer. So that was kind of my first step. And that can be hard, right? Because we all think we're perfect. I mean, I'm perfect, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) of course, you know, it can be really hard to have that kind of like, okay, what do I need to do to get to the next level? I started, I, I took some classes here locally, and then I had an opportunity to take a writing class with one of my writing crushes. Her name is Joy Fielding. She's a Canadian author, and she writes psychological suspense. And I read every one of her books, and then I saw on her website she was offering writing course in Toronto. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I have to go to Toronto, and oh, and the money, and oh, and the this, and oh, and the that. And I remember I, I was saying this to my stepmother, my late stepmother, and she said, you know, there will always be a reason not to do something. So you just yeah. find a way to do it if you really want to do this. And she passed away not too long after that. And I saw that the class was being taught again. And I just said, you know what? It's like she said, there's always a reason not to do something. So I figured it out. I went and it was just an amazing week. It was like a life-changing 
week. And you met your uh, writer crush? Yeah. I got to meet my writer crush, exactly. Who gets to say that they spent a week learning at the knee of someone whose books they've been reading and loving for years? And I think we can probably think of that for any career. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We can spread that out. Yeah. Yeah. It happens so rarely. And when you have those opportunities come around, I mean, you just have to jump on them. So while all that was going on, I really where the true kind of light bulb moment happened was I had come across an article about an independent author by the name of Amanda Hawking, who was in a similar position. She wanted to be published. She had tried going the traditional route. Then she found out that Amazon was actually offering the opportunity to upload manuscripts and sell them. Hmm. And I'm reading this article, and it was not just the light bulb moment. It was that the light bulb exploded (laughs) over my head. I said, what? I can do this. So I took my newfound confidence in my writing skills from having done these writing courses and reworked my stories, and I learned everything that I could about this new burgeoning industry of indie publishing, and I released my first book as an independent publisher at the end of 2012. And how long did that take to take off? Was it immediate or did you have to wait a moment or? Yeah, I waited a few moments. <laughs> okay, <laughs> one, so more yeah, waiting. Yeah, that one took a little while to really kind of find its legs. What I wound up doing was I had reached out to quite a few book bloggers and asked them if they would be willing to review the book in exchange I mean, giving them a free copy. And I didn't know these people from Adam. They didn't know me. I just, you know, one book, totally not proven. And they loved it. And it was one of those moments of, oh, maybe I've got a shot here. And so I released my next book about six months after that. And that one took off immediately. And then the next one took off immediately as well. And It's been such a crazy ride, but I have to say, I think it's happened the way that it was supposed to happen. I'm a believer. Things do happen for a reason. Things happen. Yeah. And people are also seem to be nicer than we often give credit for people in this harsh, cruel world to be. You said that these bloggers were willing to take a look at your work Mm -hmm. and give honest and excellent reviews based on the interest and the kindness of their hearts. And then having that background that you have in public relations and marketing, that kind of helped you too, right? Yeah, I think it did help me just even having my package, I call it. Mm -hmm. Um, So just it's that whole idea of being ready when opportunity strikes. Yes. Right. Crucial. Um, Put that one in for the day, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Write it down. (laughs) Write it down. Yes. Have that website updated. Have your social media looking good, all that stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Absolutely. I had an opportunity, I live in Chicago with a local contest. They were looking for local authors to promote and you had to enter and blah, blah, blah. And it was an opportunity to be featured in libraries across the state. Hmm. So I made it to like the semifinals or quarterfinals. I don't know. I didn't win. Okay, that was the the important (laughs) thing. But I was able to leverage that to reach out to my local branch and say, hey, I was just in this contest for libraries. I came close. I didn't get it. But what would I need to do to have this book be on the shelf at Chicago Public Library? Yes. And they said, well, here's the steps. Here's the process. So I had my little package 
my little media kit, my bio, a quote sheet of positive reviews of my books, other things that people immediately, when they see, they're like, oh, okay, you're actually legitimate. You're ah, not, right. Like, like a portfolio. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. It was an actual professional package. And it wasn't something I had to scramble to put together. I already had it. Right. So I sent that along. And like eight weeks later, the book was on the shelf. Nice. The main Chicago, the main one that like everybody goes to. I remember I went with two of my girlfriends because I had seen on the computer computer that, okay, yeah, it's on the shelf, but I wanted to actually see it. Yes. And so my two girlfriends, I corralled them into going. So we go, we find it on the shelf and we're silent screaming in the stacks <laughs> <laughs> of Chicago Public Library. But Sandy, to your point, it was using the skills, tapping into what I had done for all those years and applying it to what I'm doing now. It's just always being ready because you never know when an opportunity is going to come up. Preparation meeting opportunity and, okay, so you're a PR person, but somebody listening might be in some position that they will end up being able to use in whatever to make their dream come mm-hmm. true. It could be writing like you. It could be music. It could be baking cookies to sell on Amazon. It could be anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And Absolutely. they can use their current back Because you're not saying for people to totally give up their day job right off the bat. You're saying that no. you can... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do that. (laughs) But but ease into it and prepare for the other side, your case, the creative side that you have and have it be professional, have it be prepared, have Mm -hmm. connections that you make, make use of the skills that you already have, whether some people are in sales currently or some people are in other facets of business or communications or whatever, use those to push it along for whatever this dream shot is. Absolutely. Use everything. That's something that actually, if you are a writer or a creator of any kind, they always say, use everything because you just never know what that thing is that's going to hit. And in this day and age, you mentioned ebooks. Musicians, I think that there are things that are harder about the music industry now as far as people getting paid for their music because of streaming Mm -hmm. and all that. But on the other hand, that my son, who is in college, is also a musician, and I think someday he would love to be a rock star. But he's actually very good, and I'm not saying that to belittle him at all. But he, (laughs) you know, he and his band of the kids in high school, uh, they're called Boys and Ties, and they have this band. They have a, uh, yep, because they wore ties in high school. Yeah, Yeah, they put out an EP, and it's on Apple and Spotify and all this stuff. And back in the day, you used to have to have a record deal and all that just to get your stuff out there. So Absolutely. And the same with publishing, too. So it's kind of like Mm self-promotion, self-publishing, all these different things to get out. Maybe this world has made it a little easier to do things through your own means. Yeah. Wasn't it uh, Shawn Mendes who got discovered just by doing those, what are those uh, six-second videos? They don't exist anymore. The Vine. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vine or something. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Bieber, Ed Sheeran. Right. Um, Chance the Rapper. You know, yeah. Chance the Rapper has never been with a record label. He has done everything digitally streaming. And he has said, I will probably never be with a record label. I will probably never go that route. And he's done phenomenally well. Oh, my gosh. You know? He gets to keep all the money, too. Right, exactly. He gets to keep all the money. And, and, you know, publishing is really one of those last bastions of that. With movies or music, 
you're kind of lauded, really, for bucking the man, you know, <laughs> indie, you know go indie, you know. Um, but there has been something about publishing. It's been a little bit of an elitist thing, but what a lot of people don't realize is that there are a lot of very successful independently published authors. For example, that movie The Martian with Matt Damon. Yeah. yeah. Well, that started off as an independently published book. And actually, the author, Andy Weir, he used to release on his website just like a chapter a week kind of a thing. And then people were clamoring, oh, can you make this a book? He made it a book and uploaded it to Amazon, and it's kind of like the rest is history. I mean, oh, my gosh. turned into an Oscar-nominated movie. And some people would say, you know, oh, but that's the exception, not the rule. But we could be here all day. <laughs> I mean, I could tell you all of the success stories. And you can't say, well, that's the exception, not the rule. I mean, well, you could say it, but you got to get out there and try it. Okay, so maybe Absolutely. it doesn't work out. Yeah. But if you don't try it, it's definitely not going to work out. you don't out. know. Because you exactly. me thinking, Bianca, you have a trilogy of books that kind of package together, Killing Me Softly, Sweet Little Lies, Every Breath You Take, Missing You, all those named after songs. Ah, <laughs> but, yeah. And that's deliberate, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I want yes. one of those, I want, especially Killing Me Softly, that's the first one. I want to see that as a movie. If you know someone, <laughs> um, my number is, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to call the guy from The Martian. Who, you know. <laughs> yeah, give, him, give Andy my number, yes. yes. I would love that. I would absolutely love to see, you know, I think almost anybody who does this would love to see their words come to life, if you will, on the screen. Again, it's about opportunity and it's about being ready with the yeah. opportunity. And it's with each book that I put out, it's another opportunity for someone to find me and then come back and read all of my previous books because that does happen. Yeah. Um, I get emails from readers all the time. Oh my gosh, I just read Fill in the Blank. And I just went and bought the rest of your books. And I'm like, that, yes, thank yep. you. <laughs> yeah, we we like that. That sounds yeah. like me. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> no I'm one of those yeah. people, too. Yeah, because now I have all of your books. Well, yeah, And I <laughs> take them to the, talk about them at the beauty shop. And <laughs> it just, you know, it's that little word of mouth thing. But yeah, that just so really, I'm so proud of you for not giving up because it mm. seems like there was a point where you almost could have given up and a lot yeah. of people may be right on that brink teetering and I hate to say it sometimes there are situations because I always joke about with my kids about watching American Idol and some of those people who think that they are great singers and they just are not <laughs> so sometimes maybe right it's it's not for you but right how do you know that you need to keep going I think for me it was no one was going to believe in me but me. Until I believed it myself, then I couldn't possibly convince anyone else to believe in me. I think also, too, even though because, you know, as I said earlier, I was discouraged by the fact that you know, I was doing these query letters to these agents and was getting nowhere. But I would take some solace in the fact that some of them wanted to see yeah, what right. I was yes. saying. So that was like a little sliver that I hung on to. And then even in my corporate days, I would have people say, oh, where did you learn to write? This is really good. So I kind of took both of those things and said, okay, I know I've got the chops. I've got the ability. It might just be a matter of working on the craft. And that is what I would say for anyone in any endeavor, creative or otherwise, is really spend that time learning inside and out what you're doing. I write every day, but I'm also constantly reading articles about 
character development or story structure or watching movies and examining how they're telling a story and how I could maybe apply that to some of my work. If you want to be that baker, for example, Barefoot Contessa, who I love, I have several of her cookbooks. Mm -hmm. She might make macaroni and cheese six times in one day to get it right. Wow. And you just sometimes, you just will have to be willing to sometimes make macaroni and cheese six times. Yeah. Order to, or whatever you your know. macaroni and cheese is. Yeah. Because right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. People don't necessarily think like that. They think that there's either instant success, luck, or even that they just were born knowing these things. And mm-hmm. there's kind of a theory floating around, at least some of my friends, that not nearly as many people out there who act like they know what they're doing in these high power positions really knew what they were doing no. at the beginning. You know, they, they just kind of had to start. Fake it, yeah. And they had just—they had to get started. They had to learn while doing. Just like mm-hmm. you're saying, you are already an accomplished author, yet you still continue to work on your craft, learn more things, learn from others. I really want to emphasize that because many times people quit because yep. they think that they don't know enough as opposed to diving yeah. in and learning more. And exactly. let me bring up, too, I used to do a radio show with, you guys have probably heard of Kenny G, right? Yes. The oh, saxophonist. Yes. Right. So he would practice. He would tell me, I practice like three to five hours a day. Mm-hmm. He's still practicing. Mm-hmm. And how long has he been playing saxophone? Right. I love the fact that you're out there practicing and working and learning. And no matter how successful you get, whether you're first starting out or you've already kind of achieved your goal, If you want to stay relevant, if you want to stay good, if you want to keep your craft going, you do have to learn. And you took those actions by going to that class in Toronto. And that was like the first big thing you did, right? The writing classes and then sort of snowballed. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, it was refining what I had. And it's one of those things, too, where there is something to be said for not knowing what you're doing and there's no pressure. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> like, true. <laughs> you don't even you know how hard out. it's going to be. <laughs> right. I can do this. Exactly. No problem. <laughs> yeah, oh, this is easy. What's everyone complaining about? <laughs> I don't get it. You know. So, um, so use that to your advantage. Yes. <laughs> use it. Right. Exactly. But then reading, and this is something that I say to anyone who wants to write a book and whatever you're industry or, you know, whatever it may be, you have to kind of find your gurus. But Stephen King, who I'm not someone who's read every single thing Stephen King has written. I've read like two books of his out of what, 200. But he has written what I think is probably the definitive book on the craft of writing. It's called On Writing. He talks about the importance of the craft. And he tells a little bit about his own story and the rejections he got. We don't think Stephen King got rejected, right? No, he did. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. a lot. Maybe right? Early on, yeah. You know, now he could write the phone book and that and would hit the like New York Times. Stick yeah. his name on the front you know, cover, yes. Everyone would be like, this is the best phone book that's ever been written. <laughs> you know, it's a phone book. You know? Did I have the audio book? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly, yes. Only if Morgan Freeman reads the audio oh, book, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Another thing that you had mentioned to me before we started, that you're launching a new site, a resource for aspiring writers. Yeah. And I just have to ask you a little bit about that, because that means you're ready to reach out and help those who are burgeoning authors like you once were. Yeah. So it's a new site, Bianca Sloan Writes, like writing, writes.com. What 
I want to do is offer very straightforward, very plain spoken writing advice to newer writers. It is very daunting when you first jump into this. There's so much to keep straight. There's so much to learn. And sometimes you will read articles or read books and it's kind of like in the ether. Like you're not like quite sure what they mean when they talk about some of the terms like story structure or narrative thrust and you're like, what? So I want to present this as just straightforward, plain spoken, strip it back to the essentials. In order to really help get over the hump, if you will, and take out some of the intimidation of learning the craft of writing. Because, you know, as I was saying earlier, there is a a bit of an elitism in publishing. I can kind of sense that, although you're not an elitist Mm -hmm. at all. But you're trying to tr- pull that away, right? <laughs> I'm trying to take some of that away. Exactly. It, just make it, good writing be, be good writing. Yeah. 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 So I want to try to take some of that out. And like I said, just be very straightforward, very plain spoken. We I love it. it. We, I love it. We need it. So once again, that website is BiancaSloanWrites.com. Yeah. And that's for the writing resource. But if someone wants to purchase your book, BiancaSloan.com. And from there, you can find information on all of my books and links to all of my social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. I'm on Amazon, BarnesNoble.com, iTunes, Kobo for any Canadian readers. And Bianca Sloan, that's S-L-O-A-N-E. So BiancaSloan.com. And we'll put your info on our website as well. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. So now we always have a section of the day where we have takeaway time. And I think if it's okay, I wanted to do takeaway time by a quote by Maxwell Maltz. It kind of reminds me a little bit of your journey and what others can use as their journey. Often the difference between a successful person and a failure is not that one has better abilities or ideas, but the courage that one has to bet on one's ideas, to take a calculated risk, and to act. And we want to make sure that we are encouraging everyone to use those gifts that they have within, use that creativity in a productive, lucrative, real way, just like Bianca Sloan has, because your creative pursuits can be your side hustle or your real deal day job. Hmm. You know, just got to take it slow, but you have to start by acting. You have to get started. You have to do something. Am I right there, Bianca and Sandy? You are 100% right. Taking step one, it can be very intimidating, but unless you do it, how are you going to know? Do you want to live with the fact that, oh, I could have, should have, would have? No, you want to at least try, right? And reach out to the resources like Bianca Sloan writes or like all these different fields where there are people who are offering workshops and websites and ideas and books and things to strengthen your craft. Yes, I would say that's where it all began. Well, we would like to thank you so much for being here. And we want to make sure that everyone can imagine yourself talking and thinking and learning about what it is that you dream of doing, taking real steps to really get started and make it happen Use today as your little kick in the pants (laughs) to make someday today. Yes, you can do it. 
And Bianca has been busy even since we last talked to her, putting out even more material. You can find all of her suspense novels at BiancaSloan.com, including her newest thriller, What You Don't Know, and her newest audiobook dropping soon for Killing Me Softly. We'll also put those links on ImagineYourselfPodcast.com and hope you'll take a moment to check in with us as well. Just pop on over to the show notes to join the conversation. And until next time, when we have something new to imagine, here's to your dreams coming true.